Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the gang, you know, the one you never asked to be a part of. You are listening to The Grief Gang Podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. This podcast has been created to tackle the tough but important conversations around grief with authenticity, realness, and having a laugh whilst we're at it. Look, we're all going to experience grief at some point in our life, in some way or another. So it's good to talk about it so that it's not much of a nightmare when it comes knocking at our doors. Grief can be incredibly lonely and isolating, but you don't have to feel lonely alone. On this podcast, you will hear various different stories and experiences, ones that will uplift you, inspire you, break your heart, mend your heart, and get you asking yourself some big questions. Some of these stories on my own, some are from the wonderful growing Grief Gang community, and some are from the incredible guest interviews. You will most likely cry. <laughs> I hope somewhere along the line you can get a giggle in. But I promise you, you will learn something. I haven't got a clue what you'll take away, but I know you will take away something. So this might be weird to say given the context, but happy listening. Welcome to the Death Dilemma episode, where I try and give you a little bit of a helping hand, whether it's good, it's bad, it's waffle. A problem shared is a problem halved is quite simply the ethos for this episode. We have had some very interesting death dilemmas sent in for this episode, I won't be able to get through them all and have um, chosen, I think, four to five to go through. And they're all a bit varied. So, yeah, some ones that were really, I was like, Jesus Christ. But I'm going to get straight into it because I like to keep these short and sweet. But you should know me by now. I just can't do short and sweet. I love to chat, love to chat. So let's get straight into it, shall we? 
My mum died six months ago from lung cancer. My mum's sister and my dad haven't spoken to each other since the funeral and use me as a go-between. No family fallout, no big drama, but just no communication. They live five minutes away. I've suggested reaching out and neither of them seem willing. So strange. Now, when I saw this dilemma, at first I was like, being piggy in the middle is so fucking jarring. Like, it's so (laughs) utterly jarring. Especially when, you know, I'm going to, I don't know any ages um, here right now, any age... um, ages or anybody here whether it's you your your mum sister and your dad but regardless these these to you are your elders the people that when life throws you a curveball like your mum dying you look up to them to kind of keep their shit together and to kind of lead by example and when they perhaps maybe don't meet your expectation of what an elder elder people and I've been saying like old like I'm saying you know your elders what elder people role models should be acting like at a time like this and they're not you're like why am I the essential child in this no matter how old you are being the one that is having to try and coerce these two adults to try and speak to each other and especially difficult when you've got no, you've got, like you said, there's no family fallout, no big drama. It's just very like a silent fallout. And so when you don't have something like that to almost, I guess, justify in your own mind, like why either one of them are acting the way they are, it's really fucking confusing. You're kind of like, you know, so awkward is it when you're like sat between like two people who aren't getting along and you're like, this is fun but when there's like a big you know thing an argument that's happening you're like okay this makes sense like I understand why they don't like each other um and maybe there is like you know when there's a death in it it's always like weddings and funerals and death there is always sometimes a family secret that comes out in some way or, or not even maybe secrets to be presumptuous that your family are keeping deep dark secrets from you but of some people's true thoughts about people come out um and I when I read this dilemma I I could really relate in a way of a very actually quite similar situation and experience of my mum's I've got to do the family tree now fuck me hold on (laughs) my mum's aunt so my great aunt who died in 2021 so my mum's mum's sister like like yours um your mum's sister um when my grandmother died so my mum's mum died two weeks after my mum was born and so my mum was raised practically by all the women in her family and so my granddad so my great aunt's brother-in-law like the situation you're in um he kind of went back to work blah 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 did all that shit and growing up right I always felt there was a tension and I remember it was you know growing up when you've got like 
step grandparents and a half aren't you know it gets a bit complicated as a child to try and like grasp your head around like who are you and how we related and then as I got older and I tweaked that you know my great aunt would welcome in her supposedly say ex uh, brother-in-law and his new wife I realized maybe not that it's odd but I thought that's a really big thing for her to do but I, I'm giving you the background of this all to say that when my mum died who was essentially the lasting bond between these two families and these two people when she died oh my god my great auntie Maureen it was like almost her shoulders dropped and she was like not obviously grateful but was a bit like oh I'm so like in a way felt that she could talk about him and experiences in ways that she might not have when my mum was around and we absolutely shared the same opinion so that was always fun just to shit talk there (laughs) but I say all of this to say that there could be some hidden dislikes between the pair of them that has been unknown and just kind of been kept aside and especially if your mum was ill well through her illness and through her diagnosis then maybe thought you know what put everything aside and just keep a face for the family for the children and just to get through this and now when the person that you know keeps them together or kept these two worlds together is gone they might be looking and being like I never liked you from the beginning And as a child, that's really hard, dependent on whatever kind of, I guess, like family background you've had, whether you might have thought everything was fine and like we were quite a big, happy family. And then this happens and now everyone's like, yep, see you later. And that's really difficult. And I think what's, um, what, what helped me when, well, when I thought about, when I thought about to my auntie Maureen and my grandfather and stuff of, as I would sometimes look at them, as I said earlier, of being elders and kind of to be the more mature ones, my God, sometimes these lot were not mature at all, um, was actually that as much as they are our seniors in our life, our elders, we respect them, that they are human beings and human beings are allowed to not like each other, even if there is marital marital blood between them and or or shared you know know, connection and everybody has to like each other but I fully understand like it must be really confusing for all of a sudden just no big fallout no big drama five minutes away from each other so it could be very easy like it's not a big deal um and they just can't be bothered bothered to do it and I suppose maybe that's um a a sort of nice quote-unquote nice thing that there's no like you know fuck him fuck her or anything like that it's just like meh not bothered by it but it's tough being stuck in the middle I recognize that for sure next dilemma I lost my mum nine months ago and I'm getting sick of people casually telling me stories which reference their mums. It feels like since losing mum, I'm a magnet to people talking about their mums. Generally, I just accept it, but I'm getting increasingly annoyed by censoring my own feelings to be polite. This 
<laughs> it took me right back to, oh God, so many times and I too felt like, oh, this is so fucking jarring. And it is jarring. And it's jarring when, you know, when you're you're in the situation and just like, oh my God, like, please stop, I don't know, banging on about your mum or, and then you can actually get like a little bit jarred with yourself. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure maybe there's been times where you thought, why am I feeling like this? Like, I don't want, I don't want to be this wound up about something like this, but to recognize that, yeah, like we're really sensitive to start this stuff now and we're going to be picking it up. Like, or I'm saying we like, this together, like, but like, I can, I can really, really resonate with this. And this is why I, I'm saying it with a tendency of a we, um, we can be really sensitive to picking this stuff up, you know, just having a casual conversation with some friends or wherever it may be. And you hear the mum word. And I've, I remember, God, like, if, I feel like your back would go, like the hairs in the back of your neck would go up. You'd almost get a little bit tense because it's like, okay, the mum word has entered the conversation. It has entered the room. You know, you're almost just a bit like, where is this going to go? Am I going to end up being really upset, really triggered? really I don't know maybe just going down memory lane you might but because the m word has been dropped in and you're just like oh here we are um but yes I feel like it's almost like we it's it's like everything we're we're heightened and we're dialed up to to um pick up on these things that come up into conversation because it highlights that we don't have it like we in now in these conversations when when whoever it is in this con in this context you know people are bringing up references to their mum to whom whomever it is that you may have had die it's hard because you might feel like you can no longer relate and that as human beings that's quite and quite simply in grief as well we just want to relate we want to feel resonated so when you're when you're now like back in a circle with familiar friends, acquaintances, colleagues, family, whatever, whoever it is. And once upon a time, you would have been able to have got in on the conversation about talking, whatever the reference is about mums and mothers, whatever it is. You, you actually do, well, actually, you know what? I may retract that a bit. Like you do still have weight to the conversation. You still had your mum. You still have stories. You still have things to share, but I, I know where you're coming from of you feel like, well, I can't actively participate in this conversation and that's hard and you feel othered. You feel excluded from almost like a club that you used to be part of and you're now in this other club and you're like, yeah, hashtag can't relate, like can't relate to that anymore. And then that does, how, how could that not jar you and annoy you? Like of being not consciously pushed out, but you might you might feel pushed out and it is okay to be upset by it and you're not you're not being nasty, you're not being a bitch. As I said, it highlights these these times and these references, it highlights what we don't have. And that really fucking hurt. And to try and mask that hurt when you're in that conversation or in that scenario is a bloody test and a half. Like, I, do you know what, even like to this day still, like, you know, when people very loosely say like, oh, that nearly gave me a heart attack. The way my, like it, it's like a pressure point, like a, like a sore point. And I feel like, of course, of course I know that when people say that, that saying, they're not doing it to purposely trigger me or be like, mm. but when you just hear the words of how your person died, it immediately goes, mm. 
And it's, yeah, it's acknowledging that, yeah, that kind of hurt. But to your point, when you said about being polite, honestly, fuck being polite if it is causing you agony. Like I, I'm, I'm, go, I'm gonna go out on a limb and be and say that you know these people in your life who are who are do, dropping these references aren't doing it out of spite and to be malicious at all. I'd, I'd really like to hope that is the case, and tell me otherwise if not. But and that's what I'd like to hope of that. If you, if these people love and they care for you, if you were to say, you know what, guys, when we're together, and sometimes I don't know if you talk about the plans that you've maybe got with your mum on the weekend or the phone call that you had like I do just want you to know that it does sting a little bit and finding a happy medium between you all but then it is also to recognize that these people are human and humans slip up (laughs) and we all make mistakes and you can have these conversations and you can say look I maybe whether what your need or what you're wanting you know I think maybe figuring out what your actual need is here and your want is it is it for your friends or whoever this is to be you know do not talk refer to anything about your mums or anything because that's that's tricky I'm gonna like that's tricky if I was in that maybe situation I'd because as I said we're human and we slip up and you, I, I'm almost sure you probably wouldn't want a situation where your friends or whoever this is is having to filter everything they say. But that's not to say that you shouldn't or can't just let them know. Just let them know that, you know, like sometimes if we're really, really going into talking about all your mums and whatever you're doing together and conversations, it does hurt a little bit. And I'd just like you to know that. And as I said, I think if these people love and care for you, they will take that on board and there will be a nice, happy place where you can all continue your friendship, continue your relationships um, with the consciousness of what you're going through in mind as well. Um but I have been there, look, to round off this one, so I have been there fully <laughs> with you. And as you said, you feel like a magnet. I felt like that too. I was like, especially around um, times like around Mother's Day when it's heightened. I actually remember this Mother's Day just gone. It was okay for me this year. I won't lie. It was all right. And, but I remember I live opposite like this lovely park and it's a children's park and big playing area. And I was like, I opened up the blinds and I went, fuck me. I was like, I have never seen so many mum, daughter and baby little trios walking around. I was like that, there is not that many mums and daughters and babies in Wokingham. Or is there? Is it a huge community? I don't know, because I literally opened up them blinds and I went, uh, not today. Thank you very much. And my friend Poppy, she actually, she actually it was before she messaged me before I opened up my blinds and just sent Lossie a message of love and was like, she was like, <laughs> she she doesn't live anywhere near where I am. And was like, don't go outside. It's full of mums and daughters. <laughs> I was like, thanks for the heads up, babe. And I opened up my blinds and I was like, oh. It was like an army of them. And you do, you feel like there is a magnet attached to you where they're just all fluctuating to you. God, hated it. And you feel like someone's fucking with me here. Someone's planting these people around. They're fucking with me here. So full solidarity with you there. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This one is a humdinger, an absolute humdinger. And I felt a rage in my belly. Like I haven't for a long while, actually, when I read a dilemma before. It's very short. I read on Facebook that my dad died and none of my family have ever taken accountability for this. And some have even blamed me. Look, to be totally brutal, it's totally fucked. That is a totally fucked um, behaviour. And you have every right to be pissed. <laughs> I wish, I, there's sometimes, you know, when I read these dilemmas and I, I offer my unsolicited advice that to try and leave you with something to to sit on I don't know to think about but sometimes as I'm very much leaning into of that some people just do fucked shit and I feel like there's sometimes no um, explanation for it or even trying to be a devil's advocate or to look from people's I think people some people just do really fucked shit and uh, look maybe the only the only grace that I would if this was my situation of being look chaos does in times of chaos people do chaotic things and they make they don't think we don't think clearly do we when the time of crisis if somebody is dying or has died you know we don't do erratic things just because we're obviously clearly not thinking straight but then you know the bit you've just added on of they've somehow blamed me like in what in what fucking capacity in what world would you be to blame for finding out that your father your fucking father died via facebook that's probably one of the most cruelest things. It's unbelievably disrespectful and so unbelievably hurtful. And you didn't deserve that. And I'm really, really fucking sorry if no one's, you know, if if no one's ever said that to you and you're being put to blame for this and you never heard it, I'm really fucking sorry that that's happened to you because that's just downright shameful. And often people from somebody... <laughs> from somebody who had an accountability issue big fucking time big fucking time people often don't take accountability for their actions because shame is attached to it huge shame sometimes it's delusion and they actually don't think there's any accountability to be taken but most of the time from what i learned from my own accountability issues is that accountability isn't taken because there is shame attached to it and it is so much easier to point the finger, but to not acknowledge the three fingers that are pointing back at you. 
That's a bar, bruv, isn't it? That's a bar. I always loved that. I always remember that in school. When you point one finger out, there's always three fingers pointing back at you. I was like, all right, miss, shut up. But it's true. It's so true. People will point the finger. Well, you did this. You didn't do that. You weren't here for this. And you're like, there's three fingers pointing back at you. All right, high and mighty. What have you done? Yeah, that's shit. And I'm really, really sorry. And this is the last one. Oh, do I make it the last one? Mm. Maybe. I'll see how I go. I do want to keep it short and sweet, so let's see. My husband died and his brother is the only relative we have in the UK. He simply has never stepped up for my three daughters. I used to feel deeply resentful, but I'm learning to let that go. How How can I encourage him to step up and be there for them? They are desperate for his presence and connection. This this hurt my heart in so many ways when I read this one because though not a mother myself, I really wanted to acknowledge and I could really feel the pain as a mother watching your three children lose out on this relation, especially after what they've been through. You're looking at your three girls who have lost their father and I don't know what their relation, and I don't know ages at all here, obviously. Um, I don't know what each individual relationship was like, but, you know, for a daughter to lose her father and for the now only relative you have in the UK. So I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, you've you've moved abroad here to the UK and he is your only, your only relative to your girls and you from your, from your husband and is the only then, you know, male figure here in the UK in their life and has now abandoned them that is heart-wrenching that is utterly fucking heart-wrenching and for you as a mother to witness that and to to try and salvage whatever of this relationship and being met with no is agony it's pure agony and forced family is the worst because you really fucking feel it like you can't you can't force someone to be in you, yours or your children's life if they don't want to be. And that's really a hard pill to swallow. You know, I don't know what ages, ages your daughters are, whether, whether they're quite small or in their teens, whatever it may be. Like, to look at these, you, you must look at them and think, what do they do to you? They've just lost their dad. Their dad has died and you and you now want to turn your back on them. He is the one who is missing out, point blank and centre. He is the one who is missing out and he will carry that guilt for the rest of his life for his absence. But even that, you know, taking away that, I'm sure you know that already, but, you know, that doesn't still take away from the fact that it hurt and that you would actually rather him be in your daughter's lives. Um, but I, I could really, I could really resonate with your daughters in this of, I I don't know about my brother, but I definitely yearned for the connectivity with my mum's sisters, her half-sisters. Kind of before my mum died, it was an interesting relationship. We weren't exactly close. We were when I was little. And then as you grow older, I don't know what happens. I just lose interest in you. And I will never, ever forget the day my mum died and I walked into the hospital uh, family room 
because her sisters wanted to stay the overnight with her and walking in and seeing my brother and obviously crumbling to a million pieces. And I'll never forget one of my aunts saying, and it was so thinking about it a little bit now, it was so telling of clearly where her moral compass was lying because the first few things she said was, we're going to be better aunts to you. We're going to be better family. We're going to be better aunts. So it was so fascinating to actually reflect and think back on that moment of that, how prominent the guilt was showing in that time. And that's probably what your daughter's uncle will feel, maybe not now, don't know what he's like, but he will feel, you know what, I could have been a better fucking aunt. And look, maybe not the ending that you might want to hear from from me or maybe how these things play out. I don't speak to my aunts anymore but I say this with my hand on my heart, I'm so much better off out because the family that um, not only I and my brother and my family, like my actual family have built are the people that we've chosen. And also as well, the family that um, my mum, before she died, decided to build within her friendships and, and where we grew up are the family that we call today. So as much as, you know, blood thicker than water, no, it's not. No, it's not the family, the people that we choose, who that in our darkest hours we will call upon. And the girls will be okay. I know right now you're looking and seeing how desperate they are for his presence and his connection. But your girls will be okay because you're going to surround them with people who actually want to be a forceful presence in their life. Like, I would take the family and the friends, that, um, the, 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 the made family that my mum had built around us over the forced connection or the forced trying. Like, I tried with my aunts. I tried with my aunts. We tried. I don't like them as human beings. And that's, a, as again, we can be family, but I don't have to like you. I really don't like you. I'm better off without you. And so as painful as it is now, watching your girls go through this and longing for this man, they will be okay. And it'll be tough. I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be an easy ride. Trust me, there have been many a times I have questioned my own decisions to um, cut ties with family. But it's been the best thing that I ever decided because I knew I wasn't alone and that I had the family and the support in other people who weren't sharing the same bloodline as me and that's a great thing it is a great thing it's possibly when before I would have questioned that decision that I made and I did as I said for many years but they will be all right from one kid who has an absent um what do like aunts and uncles sit into you know your grandparents what do they you know I wish they had like a little pool of it'd be so much easier but what I'm trying to say from one child from one niece who um has an absent aunt and um relative that way um we're all right jack we're all right and you will be too so oh do i do one more mm, no i'm gonna cap it i'm gonna cap it i keep rinsing my, my my podcast content and not saving it for another day I might come back with another little deaf dilemma. Um, 
Thank you so much to everybody who sent in. They were all anonymous as well, which I love. Um, a little bit of anonymity. A huge thank you to everybody who wrote in your deaf dilemmas today for sharing your the things that are weighing heavy on your heart. Like I know it's sometimes not easy to share this shit. And I hope that whatever I've shared has been a little bit helpful, insightful. And just, I read my whole thing of this episode is to make it feel like me and you are just sat having a cup of tea together and trying to put our world's wrongs to right. Thanks for tuning in this week. I truly appreciate every single person who listens to the show. By doing so, you're actually helping more people find the show and in turn support themselves. You can keep up to date and become part of the Grief Gang community by following us on social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok. Check out our website and blog too. And if you fancy, you can sign up to our newsletter where you will receive regular emails and first to knows on events and workshops. All links for the above are in the episode footnotes. Big love, look after yourself and I will see you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.